0: Mike Rubin along with Brian Johnson and this is episode 106 of Viking 360. We're going to be of course talking about some Viking football. Kate Harrison will be inducted into the Viking Football Hall of Fame on Friday. Uh, Kwasim Fields who was a former Viking football player had an interesting experience at a National Football League game. He was part of the color guard for that game and Brian, I guess you had a similar, witness a similar experience uh, down at the University of Kentucky. Yeah, myself and also a
1: graduate of the University of Kentucky and a player down there as well. Ed Smolder was there with me. Gabe and Grace Zuniga were both on the color guard for that ball game, and they are both Ripley High grads, so pretty neat. And uh, you talked with the voice of the Spartans? I did. I had a chance to chat with Jeff Campbell, who... uh, has been uh, a part of the broadcast of Spartan football for 37 years. He talked about uh, this matchup,
0: this ever-growing rivalry between the Vikings and the Spartans and how much fun that's been. You know, Brian, I was looking up this week the the fact that seven out of Ripley's ten football opponents are still in playoff contention. If you look in Class AAA, uh, Brook is number 11, a Green Bar East is number 12, Lincoln County is number 18, and Oak Hill is number 20. And if you go to Class AA, Point Pleasant is a lock at at number 4. Roan County moved up into contention at number 9, and Shady Spring is knocking on the door there at number 17 as well. And that's interesting, Rube, because when you looked at those standings
1: five weeks ago, most of those teams were in the bottom uh, 10% of the standings. So they've really flipped the switch and started playing some Really good football
0: here down the stretch. And we're going to be talking about some soccer. I talked to a defensive standout for the Lady Vikings. Her name is Garnet Kish. I had a chance to chat with a Viking alum,
1: now a standout on the soccer field at Fairmont State, Taylor Kennedy. Also, uh, chatted with Avery Fife, a Lady Viking uh, soccer or golf star rather, and and she's uh, had a great junior year and. I expect
0: big things for her in her senior season. And we also want to wish uh, good luck to the uh, Viking uh, cross-country teams. They will be hosting the regional tournament uh, next Thursday at Cedar Lakes Conference Center. If you're going to get Viking apparel, Rube, where would you go to find it? Hey, I'm going to go to RipleyVikings.com.
1: If you put in the the coupon code VIKING360, you're going to get 15% off of your next order. So, here we are, episode 106. The St. Albans Red Dragons were in town Friday night looking to snap their five-game losing streak. The Red Dragons got on the board first when junior quarterback Mike Heineman ran it in from three yards out. The extra point was blocked, and St. Albans took an early 6-0 lead. They would extend the lead with nine minutes remaining in the first half, when freshman running back Eli Littlejohn scores to cap this 12-play drive. Single receiver either side. Vikings showing pressure again. Littlejohn gets it and turns sideways, Jeff, to avoid a oncoming Viking defender and slides into the end zone. For a freshman, that's a pretty veteran move. The extra point was once again blocked by the Vikings, making the score 12 to nothing, St. Albans. The Vikings answered the bell with a 10-play drive of their own, capped by this Joey Ramsey touchdown. End-off off the right side and walks into the end zone for the Viking touchdown from one yard out with 444 remaining here in the first half, and we've pulled back to within six, pending the extra point from Katie Lawrence. Katie Lawrence connects on the extra point, pulling the Vikings back to within five points with 444 remaining in the first half. The Red Dragons were not done, however, when Hindman connects with Chris Hall from 14 yards out to increase their halftime lead to 14 points. After a scoreless third quarter, the Vikings pulled back within one score when Joey Ramsey gets into the end zone for the second time on the night, this time from three yards out. Break to huddle, same formation for the Vikings. Ramsey gets the call again, and he's in to the end zone for the Viking touchdown. Joey gets his second score of the night, his fourth rushing touchdown of the season and the Vikings are back to within a score trailing 20 to 13 pending the extra point Cochran connects on the extra point and with 10:46 remaining in the game the Vikings once again had hope trailing only 20 to 14. the red dragons put the finishing touches on their second win of the season when mike hindman finds the end zone for the second time on the night the two-point conversion was good the Red Dragons' defense stiffened, keeping the Vikings out of the end zone for the remainder of the game, making the final score 26-14. The loss drops the Vikings to 1-6 on the season, while the Red Dragons improved to 2-5. It's on to the next for the Vikings and Coach Sayer. and the next will be a tough matchup with the 12th-ranked Greenbrier East Spartans at Memorial Stadium. The Spartans will come to town, looking to atone for last week's loss to the Oak Hill Red Devils. Coach Sayer knows this will be an angry and highly motivated group of Spartans. We're practicing good this. We've practiced good this week, so you know we're we're looking forward to the game. Uh, we face another really good offensive attack. Their quarterback caught the winning touchdown pass on us here in 2019 when he was just a freshman, and he's done a heck of a job. And they've got another really quick, uh, elusive kick returner and tailback. So. Uh, they have they have a nice big line, their defensive line's outstanding, so it's a real challenge for us. The Ripley Viking countdown to kickoff will begin at seven PM and the kickoff is set for seven thirty. Join Brian Johnson, Jeff Waybright, and Phil Iman for this week's action on C ninety eight the bull and streaming
0: on Mountain Top Media. play-by-play voice of the greenberry spartan football team for 23 years here's brian johnson's conversation with jeff campbell
1: all right welcome back inside viking 360 i'm joined now by uh the voice of the East spartans uh, from wron in lewisburg jeff campbell jeff thanks for being with me buddy hey brian thanks for the invite it's always good to talk to you so You guys are having a pretty good year, man. I I know last week was a little bit of a bummer for you. Oak Hill uh, stunned you a little bit, but you're sitting at four and two right now, and uh, you're off to a pretty darn good start. Uh, And, uh, you know, you're kind of sitting there on the cusp of of playoff contention this year. So uh, all is not lost for the Spartans after that one loss Friday night.
2: Well, I mean, it has been a good season so far, and it got off to a good start. We had road games and, and won those road games. At Point Pleasant, uh, start off the season 32-22, and and you know that uh, you know Jackson and Mason County are pretty close together there. So you know the tradition of the Point Pleasant football program. So to go in there and get that win in week one was uh, was a good lift for our young team. And then the second week we go to Beckley and had a 21 nothing lead into the third quarter, win that one 28 to 14. So Spartans started off at two and zero. And uh, we're feeling pretty good about themselves. And then Robert, C- he one to sixteen uh, back on September the tenth. So, you know, four and two right now. Uh, if you'd have told me or asked me at the start of the year if I'd take four and two after six games, I said I, I would have said I, I do and I would. And um, you know, it's been a good start to the season. Disappointing last week, so I'll be I'll be interested to see how this uh, Spartan team rebounds friday night against ripley
1: yeah jeff this is a big game for you guys uh, a, a game against the struggling viking team that i know uh coach lee is is going to be concerned about because when you look at the history of of this matchup 12 points total separate the scoring between these two teams in five games so uh it has always been a highly contested game you guys beat us up here in 19 in double overtime um uh, and, uh, you know, it's a fun game. It's a fun game for you and me, uh, but it's a nerve-wracking game uh, when you're coaching.
2: Yeah, it sure is. And that, uh, that 19 game was, uh, was a great game. And then the 18 game in the regular season uh, down at Greenbrier East was a great game. Ripley won that game 28-26. And then you mentioned a double overtime game back in 19. At, uh, the Spartans won on the last play of the game uh, basically a walk-off touchdown pass uh, for Greenbrier East, they're in double overtime. And, you know, it's just one of those uh, it's one of those matchups. And you and I have talked about this for a long time, going back to the days, you know, when we played basketball on the MSAC that we have the same kind of athletes. And it's always a good matchup. And, and whether it's football or basketball or, or whatever the case is that, uh, you know, when Greenbrier East and Ripley get together, uh, it's always competitive. Tell me about Coach Lee. I, I met him a little bit this summer and had a chance to
1: talk with him. He seems like a fantastic guy, uh, a player's coach, uh, You a know, coach kids seem to like to play for, and uh, you know, he, he seems to have things going in the right direction down there.
2: He does, and when he came in, he had been the uh, fifth head coach in 10 seasons. Uh, for the Spartans. And what he has done, he's talked about it from day one, is changing the culture of the program and building a culture. And, you know, to build a culture, you have to have some consistency. And uh, Coach Lee is now in his 10th season at Greenbrier East. He's uh, the third uh, longest tenured coach in Spartan history. This is the 54th season of Greenbrier East football. And, uh, you know, from where the program was when he came in, uh, back at the start of the 2012 season to where it is now. Uh, you know, we went 17 years without a playoff berth between uh, the last one being in 1998 until we got back into playoffs in 2015. We've made it in 2015, 2018, and 2019. And had it not been for COVID last year, we feel we probably would have been in it uh, back in 2020. So, you know, Coach Lee has this program in the right direction. Um, you know, they're, they're, as you said, four and two right now uh, to start off this season and uh, just trying to build on it every week.
1: You know, you, uh, you've been around a lot of football and uh, you've been doing that uh, play-by-play for the Spartans for quite some time. What concerns you the most and what would concern Spartans fans the most coming to Ripley and playing a, a team that uh, has probably uh, underachieved, I guess would be a, a fair way to put it, uh, but they do have some playmakers. They have some guys that uh, get them a little confidence and they can make it a long night for you.
2: Well, I, th- I think the biggest thing for Greenbrier East to, is, you know, just the opportunity to go up there and try to forget about last week's uh, lost O'Kill. And, and, you know, are they going to be able to do that? You're talking about a team, Brian, that the two weeks prior to the O'Kill game had scored a total of 111 points in eight quarters scored 56 against Hannon Upshur 55 against Mingo central and then held to three points last Friday night. So, you know, I'm sure the Spartans are, you know, going to be a little worried about some confidence going into that game. Obviously they're not going to be overconfident as that may have been the case possibly, uh, with the Oak Hill game last week, but, um, you know, I think I think that's the big thing going into this game at Ripley this Friday night is, is just where is this team at mentally?
1: Jeff, I don't know how you do it, man. I know you do the Spartans games on Friday nights, and then you're in the booth for the home games uh, with Caridi on Saturday, uh, doing the work on the Mountaineer games. I don't know how you do it, buddy, uh, but you do a fantastic job. And I, I just appreciate you taking the time uh, to share uh, thoughts on the Spartans with us.
2: Well, I appreciate it, and uh, I'm telling you, every time I watch the Kentucky Wildcats, I know that I got a friend up in Ripley who's always watching those games, and, I mean, to beat Florida and LSU back-to-back weeks, it's got to be a a great day to be a Wildcat. It sure is, but uh, we got a big test this week down in Georgia, so we'll we'll
1: see how that pans out, but it has certainly been a lot of fun, man.
2: Uh, Look forward to catching up with you on Friday. Have a safe trip up here. Hey, Brian, thanks a lot. Always great to talk to you and uh, look forward to a good game Friday night.
1: The Viking Football Hall of Fame was started in 2003. This year's class of inductees has been comprised of Kenny Parsons, Gene Fisher, Justin Southall, Seth Parsons, and this standout wide receiver, Cade Harrison.
0: The Viking Football Hall of Fame has been a tradition at uh, Ripley High since the year 2003. And one of this year's inductees is our guest on Viking 360, Cade Harrison. Cade, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Cade, you are remembered as being one of the uh, all-time top receivers in the history of a a uh, Viking football, uh, almost uh, uh, a thousand yards in receptions your senior year, and I think uh, eleven touchdowns to go along with that. Uh, just a, a super uh, receiving career for Ripley, and and you had some pretty good quarterbacks that that help you make those accomplishments. Uh, as you were telling me, Yeah,
3: that's, <clears throat> that's a great one. I never really thought of myself like that, and uh, I did have some good uh, dual threat quarterbacks as well um jake martin my junior year and trevor tucker my senior would have great success with both of them they could both play it
0: and uh Cade, you went on to make uh, first team all state uh in 2013 and uh that was uh, pretty neat, and went on to graduate in 2014. And is there a particular game that stands out uh, during your career that was a, a real highlight, at least in in your mind?
3: Uh, absolutely, my junior year, which we were we were pretty good. My junior year, a lot of good players, and uh, Ravens won. You know, always a big game. It was close, neck and neck, and I uh, had the opportunity uh, to. Give us a touchdown in overtime, and we ended up winning uh, off a blocked field goal. So it was, you know, great, great
0: day there. And Cade, uh, you're going in the the football Hall of Fame this weekend, but also uh, we're known for an outstanding basketball career, uh, both offensively and defensively. I think, in particular, you had a knock for a knack for uh, blocking shots. Tell us about that skill.
3: Uh, yeah, it's, it's all about timing, that's for sure, and I'm not sure, you know, I watched a lot of highlights growing up, and I remember LeBron James doing that, so that's, uh, I think where I got the idea, and, uh, just something I sort of started doing, um, and I ended up, my teammates got so used to it, they'd see me coming, they'd kind of back off, because they knew I was, uh, ball honking.
0: That's neat, and Kate, uh, tell us what you're doing now.
3: Uh, now I'm, I'm working in Charleston, working for uh, Trains Canada, um, so I'm just very blessed to have that job, uh, you know, one of the better places you can find a job around here, so I uh, haven't been there very long, but I, I look forward to having a long career with them.
0: That's great. Cade, uh, congratulations on becoming part of the Viking Football Hall of Fame, and thank you for spending some time on this day to uh, to reminisce about your career. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Rube. See you Friday.
1: Ripley High graduate Kwasim Fields played football and other sports for the Vikings. Now in the Air Force, he attended his first NFL game last week in Seattle, where he was honored to be part of the color guard, for the national anthem.
0: I'm talking with Kwasim Fields who is a standout athlete for the Vikings graduating with the class of 2013 and Kwasim was so involved in sports at Ripley he uh, played uh, some football, played ran track, played basketball, played some baseball and uh, now uh, he's involved with the Air Force. So Kwasim bring us up to date on on what you're doing uh, in the military now. Uh,
4: C-17 crew chief stationed in McCordville, Washington, and uh, uh, work on maintenance on the plane and travel around, with it around the world.
0: Fantastic. And you had an interesting opportunity uh, just last week. Uh, you were involved uh, with a uh, National Football League game involving uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Tell us about that experience. How were you chosen for that, and just what all did you do? um the experience
4: was amazing we me and a few other airmen from our shop went and held the flag for the national anthem and there was a f-16 flyover and i've never been to an nfl game but it was almost as loud as a ripley vikings game <laughs>
0: So uh, tell us, uh, do you plan on making a uh, career in the military or you have a, a time limit, set, uh, time frame set up? Or just tell us about uh, what your plans are.
4: Uh, I love it. I'll definitely make it a career. There are no downfalls to it as of yet. So
0: I'm going to stick with it. And, and just kind of take me through what are some of the things that you do in your responsibilities with the Air Force? Um.
4: I'm responsible for uh, almost $300 million aircraft every day. Uh, We handle uh, paratroop drops, all types of cargo, moving around the world, people, refugees, humanitarian missions, all, all sorts of stuff. Anything you can think of, we probably do.
0: And, and Q, you tell me, you told me you have been around the world. Some, what are some of the uh, interesting places that you've been able to travel uh, with the military?
4: Um, I've been to, uh, what Guam. Never been to Guam. Uh, and Mexico. Uh, that was the two places I've been so far. And hopefully, I go more, move to more places. But a lot of, a lot has been in the U.S see in different states that usually you don't get to see growing up. So it's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic, uh, Kwasam. and We uh, thank you for spending some time with us uh, here on the podcast, and, and thank you for what you're doing in, in serving our country. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. number one player as a junior for the Viking golf team, she knows there's still room for improvement during her senior season. Here's Avery Fife. Avery, thanks so much for
1: taking the time.
5: Thank you for having me.
1: Hey, congratulations on a good uh, junior season. I know probably it didn't pan out the way you had wanted it to in the end, but uh, overall, I felt like you had a really solid season.
5: Yeah, um, during regionals, it wasn't how I planned results to happen. But I did improve throughout the season. I got medalist a few times um, and shot even par down in a course that I was hoping to do really well at. So that was some big improvements for this season.
1: You know, golf is such a a mental game. Uh, You go into a season or you go into a round of golf believing I need to do this or I need to shoot this. But things can go sideways really quickly in the game of golf and and you've got to learn to be able to adapt and, and uh, overcome the adversities that you face. How do you feel your junior season was from that standpoint?
5: I definitely struggle mentally with golf. It is a big mental game, but I have improved a lot this season as far as refocusing on each tee box. But I think that too was a big struggle during regionals. Um, I had a few, what I call blow up holes, which hurt my round, but I try to refocus on each tee box and hopefully next season I'll be more mentally strong.
1: You know, as you play golf and, and get more experience in, in playing, it seems like those moments uh, are easier to, to kind of re- reconnect yourself uh, in concentration-wise. If, if you hit one bad shot, when you've had those moments where you've done that and you've been able to recover, hit a great recovery shot – uh, to get yourself back uh, into the hole, uh, that's real growth. And and I think that's something that, that I'm hearing out of you, that you did kind of learn how to manage those misses and how to bounce back from them.
5: Yeah, I, there's multiple times that I can remember I had a terrible hole or just totally blew up on it. But then the next hole I would birdie it or just have a great shot. So that really put me back into the round, I think.
1: So tell me about Lady Viking Golf in 2021. You guys uh, had a fairly solid season. Uh, you know, I think you were the the number one player on the team, and uh, they leaned a lot on you. You're, they kind of uh, went as your success was. Talk about your team and talk about how much fun it was competing with them.
5: It was a lot of fun. We have two senior girls, Ashlyn and Kaylee. They um, are leaving us this year, but we did gain some – two junior girls Maddie and Jasmine this year so that'll be good for next year and I really enjoyed playing with them it was a lot of fun I had a great time this season and I'm hoping to improve next year as well as the team and we got some freshman boys too um, that came up and they're gonna really improve and they put some low scores down for us too this year so I think we'll have a strong team next year.
1: What is it personally that you love most about golf?
5: Personally I love how it just can change with each shot i mean you can hit a bad shot but then have a great next shot and you're right back in it and i mean everyone struggles with hitting bad shots you're gonna hit some but it's just how you battle back and that's ultimately who gets the low scores at the end of the day
1: so finally before i let you go golf is such a mental game we've talked a little bit about that here in this interview do you have any superstitions are there any things that you do pre-round mid-round uh uh, any quirky thing that you do that that kind of makes you settle in and, and feel a little more comfortable?
5: Um, I do have actually a book that I have with me usually before like a big round, especially this year at the girls state tournament um, before during my practice practice rounds, we actually went out and I wrote down some notes that helped me mentally just to know where this shot needs to go and envision it and just know that I can hit it because a big thing in golf is confidence and knowing that you can do it when you lack confidence, it's just not going to go your way. And the big aspect of that is just knowing that you can do it. And ultimately I think that is what really made me improve this year, knowing that I can hit that shot and get a par on a hole.
1: Avery, congratulations on a great 2021 and we look forward to 2022 and see uh, what's in store for you on the links for the lady Viking golf team. Thanks for taking the time.
5: Thank you for having me.
1: Mountaintop Media is the official live stream provider of Ripley High School Athletics. Mountaintop Media offers a variety of services, including logo design, photography, videography, audiovisual setup, consulting, and web design. If you're beginning your climb to the peak of success, Mountaintop Media has you covered. Mountaintop Media, your vision through our lens. Go to mtmedia304.com to learn more. Her name doesn't often appear in the box score though Garnet Kish is making an impact with Lady Vikings soccer this season as we hear in this conversation with Mike Rubin
0: we're talking with a sophomore soccer player Garnet Kish and garnet uh, it was a uh, a little bit it was an exciting game but a little bit frustrating as we play uh, Athens Ohio and end up in a zero0 tie and what's it like to put in uh, 80 uh, hard fast minutes out on the soccer field and and to end up in a in a tie.
6: It's definitely better than losing Um, like our records not very good so it's definitely better than losing but it's not as good as winning.
0: Okay and and you started out in sophomore in soccer uh, in middle school and you had a little bit of a rough start and but then you came back tell me about that.
6: Yeah so I got cut sixth grade year that was pretty rough so I trained like Um, All through winter and then came back seventh grade year. I still wasn't pretty good, but I guess I was good enough to make the team. And then ever since then, I was like, I really just don't want to, like, suck that bad. So (laughs) (laughs) I tried really hard, and I've been trying for, like, ever.
0: And now here you are as a sophomore, uh, Mm -hmm. a starter, and, and really a standout on the defensive side of the ball for the Lady Vikes. Good job. Thank you. And in the first half of tonight's game, you had a really—what I thought was a really exciting uh, defensive play. Can you kind of recreate that that play for me, and and what what kept Athens out of the goal?
6: Um. Well, I saw. So there was like this one um, offensive player on their team that really stood out to me because she was extremely fast. And I saw her going down the field with the ball, and I was like, this is the one time that they're going to make it through, and they're going to score on us. And so I started running on the field because, yeah, that's what I thought. And um, she got through, like, three people, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I got to her, and she took this huge touch out in front of her. It was, like, perfect for me to just go and kick it out. Like, it okay. was the best. That's great.
0: Well, Garnet, it wasn't a win, but congratulations on, on a good game. Thank you. was a four-time All-State selection for the Lady Vikes. Now she's making her waves as a goalie for the Fairmont State soccer team. Here's Taylor Kennedy.
1: You had a big weekend this past weekend uh, for the uh, Fairmont Lady soccer team. Uh, 11 saves and a 0-0 tie against Concord. Uh, That had to be an exhausting night for you.
7: Oh, yeah, we saw probably about 25 shots total and about 11 on goal. So we were getting hammered, but somehow we held on um, in regulation 0-0 and then obviously two double overtimes 0-0.
1: So this is just me and you talking here, but how frustrating is it that you have 11 saves and you still end up tying? I mean, that's got to be that's got to be a little bit frustrating. You're thinking, come on, somebody's got to score so we can win this game, right?
7: Oh yeah, we we had four shots on goal to their eleven, and five shots total to their twenty-five. So wow, that's we basically uh, played defense.
1: <laughs> as a goalie, um, it has to be really, really difficult sometimes when you're getting that much activity and ask to do so much but I know you're a team player and I know you you're just out there doing what you can to try to help your team win but uh, talk about the mindset of being a goalie I mean that that's not just a a position anyone can play
7: no I mean the mentality is you know if if that ball goes in the net no matter whose fault it was whatever I, I still carry that with me every game and it was just a nice feeling to have to not have to dig that ball out of the net and, you know, you've got to be switched on no matter if the ball is at the other end of the field, it's just a hundred percent, you know, any way I can be for the team, whether it's with my feet or with my hands or talking, just it's, it's a lot of responsibility, but um, my teammates definitely made it a lot easier on me.
1: You've had a tremendous career so far as a junior. Uh, I guess maybe not even quite midway through your junior season now, uh, do you reflect much uh, on the previous couple of years and, and some of your accomplishments? I mean, you've been second-team all-Atlantic region as a freshman. Uh, you're on the off- I mean, there's just such a long list of accolades for you. Uh, do you look at those and, and kind of get a little bit uh, amazed at what you've accomplished and, and hope to push forward for more?
7: Um, I've kind of looked back at some of them, and right now, where we're at this season, you know, I'm not... I'm not too happy with, you know, how we've performed the past couple of games and stuff. And, you know, it is nice to look at those, but um, I just use that as an encouragement and to keep that high standard. And I think that's what helps me push through is just to know what I'm capable of and to never let that level drop.
1: So you mentioned, you know, you get not even quite halfway through your season yet, but you guys are off to a little bit of a slow start. What do you think it is uh, with your team right now that you you need to pick up some of the things you need to improve upon uh, to get to where you want to be at the end of the year?
7: Um, So we just got a new coach this season. So I think there's just a little bit of growing pains, you know, figuring out that new culture, him getting to know us a little bit and us getting to know him. So I think it's just a matter of growing pains. The skill is definitely there. We're probably the most talented group this program's ever seen but it's just a matter of putting it together on the field and getting the result and I think on Sunday that zero-zero tie against the 15th team the nation was really kind of a stepping point for us so I'm excited to see what we do from here on out. Most
1: people don't realize uh, how difficult it is and what a load you carry as a student athlete. Talk about uh, now, as a junior, you've been in a couple of years, you, you've grown a little more accustomed to the workload. Uh, but talk how, about that and how you manage your time, what you're doing in school and, and, and what you're looking to do when you finish school.
7: Um, so I came in with a bunch of AP and college credits. So I'm actually going to be graduating a year early in exercise science. So I'll graduate in the spring and then I am going to start my master's of exercise science um the following fall so my senior year fall and maybe take that extra fifth year and it, it's definitely been a challenge academically but as long as you're good with time management I even picked up a job and I work at our tutoring center and that's something that I enjoy and it, it is possible to have time and stuff but definitely at D2 it's not as demanding as D1 but it definitely can be challenging I mean Sunday we were on the road from 9 30 a.m until 10 30 p.m so that's just about time management and I think I've definitely definitely mastered that over the years
1: what what has being the daughter of a a coach done for you as far as uh, competition and uh, understanding how to be coached and I mean you've been coached your entire life I'm sure (laughs) from a very young age Uh, how how has that impacted you
7: Um, more so ever this year, it's definitely given me an eye opener and it's really helped me realize, you know, some of the times I thought, you know, dad was being a little extra hard on me. I've realized that, you know, that's what it takes. And, you know, I'm thankful for those hard times and, you know, being held accountable into a higher standard, um, being a coach's kid. And I think it's just really helped me see from both perspectives, not only as a player, but also as a captain and a coach and, it just kind of helps me understand where coach is coming from too, because, you know, I, I used to go home with the coach every night, you know, my dad, I would hear about it, you know, even in the off season. So I think that gives me another perspective. And if I know that I can handle John Kennedy's practices, then anything after that I can do.
1: You can take it. You can take it from there, right?
7: (laughs) Oh yeah. I can take it.
1: Taylor, thank you so much for the time and continued success this year. And here's hoping that you guys get things turned around and, get back on track and and accomplish those goals that you guys set out at the beginning of the year.
7: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
1: Remember for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button and turn on your notifications.